1: Don't go anywhere unless you
0: want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me, at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 618 now of The Ron and Don Show, and we are back in the Les Schwab studio. What
1: is up, Ron and Don Nation?
0: Hey, coming up on The Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about livable cities. Can you believe this? In 2023, we're going to talk about livable cities and cities that 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now won't be livable anymore and i'm not talking about cities over the pond somewhere somewhere mysterious in australia i'm talking about right here in the good old united states you guys also let's talk about the fact that more people and in fact more people that they say are my generation, well i i guess generation xers more of them want to be let's say influencers and astronauts <laughs> That kind of blows me away a little bit, and I've been chatting with my son about that. So let's talk about that, because if we're ever going to get to Mars, you guys, we have to have astronauts that are influencers, right? It's the only way to get there. So maybe we can combine those two. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Let's take it home to Seattle, Washington, home of the Seattle Supersonics. Well, it hasn't been the home of Seattle Supersonics for over, what, a decade and a half? And what's really interesting is what happened here in Seattle, Ron, Seems to be happening in Oklahoma City right
1: now. Yeah, right? there's an interesting article. It's a guy named Judd Legume, I believe is how you say his name. And, and he writes this. He's an independent reporter. It's one of those interesting case studies. I don't know if you follow anyone like this where they worked for Standard Journalism, branched out on their own, and now they do a subscription based situation on Substack or some people uh, do Patreon. And they're able to make a living and break stories as sort of an independent journalist. That's what this guy does. And so he he's done some reporting and uncovered some documents in uh, in Oklahoma City where Clay Bennett, who you nearly got fired the day that uh, Howard Schultz uh, sold the superSonics to Clay Bennett when you called Howard Schultz out on the radio, and our bosses absolutely lost their mind.
0: but everything I said was right, everything and, you said was right, and even Howard Schultz today, I heard him in a podcast the other day. he agrees with everything that I said, so he should call me and invite me for a cup of coffee on his right? private
1: jet, yeah, so Um, if you remember back then what was happening is the key arena, which had just been remodeled um, several years earlier was already obsolete. And you had, it was the tail end of the Michael Jordan era. And so what Michael Jordan did in Chicago is they built this uh, giant United center and they structured it differently than the, any NBA team had up until that point by putting multiple tiers of luxury boxes around the United Center. And, and the, the Chicago Bulls were so sought after that they could sell out the arena, raise, raise the prices down on the floor to an incredible level, and then sell out all of these luxury boxes. Mm-hmm. And so everyone else around the league was like, we want that. We want to have uh, the same thing that Chicago Bulls have. Therefore, Key Arena is no longer valid and can no longer support this economy. So seeing this... Howard Schultz wants to get the city of Seattle to pay to renovate Key Arena. There's a whole bunch of wrinkles that because it's on Seattle Center and the roof and blah blah blah, we don't need to get into. But what it caused him to do, then he had a, a situation where he sells the team, and so Clay Bennett, the new owner, who you've talked about a bunch, says that he he wants the city to buy and finance the new stadium
0: in Oklahoma
1: now. No, no, in in Seattle. Oh, in Seattle, and yeah. so that falls through. He moves it to Oklahoma, just like you predicted. Everyone's upset. And so now, and, and they start out like gangbusters down there. They have Kevin Durant, they have James Harden, they make the NBA uh, finals, Then everything, they're selling out like it's he's the golden child in Oklahoma City. And uh, they changed the name to the Thunder. And so now, flash forward, all the star players are gone. Uh, they haven't been winning very much lately. And so now, Clay Bennett and his ownership team in Oklahoma City is doing the exact same thing that they asked the city of seattle to do which is <laughs> hey hey yeah. oklahoma which is oklahoma is no seattle in terms oklahoma of oklahoma
0: city is a 48th largest metro and we are moving into the top 10 quickly is uh we're approaching 4 million people in our, in our so
1: metro. they are now asking oklahoma to yeah. uh do a a, a stadium deal and it's not going well. So it looks like that's absolutely imploding on him there, because the modern day stadiums, these things are so lucrative now. Yeah. I think when Howard Schultz sold the team, it was in the four hundred million dollar range, four to five hundred million dollar no, range. No, no, no,
0: no, no. It was under. It was. It was
1: three hundred million. It somewhere was under.
0: There. He, he, it was in the twos. It so the,
1: it was in the hundreds of millions of dollars. It was in the twos. Now right. these teams, after Steve Ballmer from Microsoft bought the Clippers, we're in the billions of dollars range, multiple billions of dollars. Correct. And and so communities now, like when the Warriors in California needed a new stadium or wanted a new stadium, the state of California is like pound sand right your franchise he just your owner just paid two billion dollars for this franchise we're not buying you a new stadium like what are you talking about and so that's the temperature in the league now for football and for uh basketball i haven't been following baseball closely enough to know but for so this oklahoma does not want to pay for this so he's going to be in the same situation now where he has a team that's not very good Attendance that is falling in a city that is not wealthy compared to major markets.
0: It's not a big tech hub. And
1: yeah. they, I don't know if they'll want to be sold again. If they want to move back to Seattle, he's probably going to ask three to four billion dollars to, to come back to Seattle. Oh, wow. So, yeah. how would Howard Schultz? Would
0: not be interested.
1: What It has to be one of his worst transactions he I heard him
0: on the pod, podcast the other day and he was very honest and he was talking about the hardest things that has happened to him personally and as a businessman and he said one thing when he was running for the presidency of the united states he said and when that kind of fell apart he, he said for the year after that he went into a severe depression and he could not because because his feeling was with his business acumen, that he could do something to not only really help the country, uh, but he could also, because it was at a time when we needed to put people back to work, he really felt like he could be that president, and he could be the president of everyone, and was trying to run as is, is more of an independent, but still kind of leading to the liberal side. So just all the animus he did not like, and and you look at some of the current guys that are running. Someone like President Trump loves it, right? He loves being in 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 the middle of that. Howard Schultz took that personally, and it really bothered him. And then the same thing with the Sonics. He did not like the way that he was treated by Gary Payton. He talked about it specifically. You've always talked about the fact, Ron, that you felt. And we work for we 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 work for a broadcast team that worked for the Sonics at KJR at the time, so we were very familiar with the team and the Ackerleys, and then uh, the the selling of this to Schultz, and then selling this to Clay Bennett. So I think for his just. He he was not ready for Gary Payton privately and publicly to treat him that way and it really bothered his ego. He he just he has a lot of ego and and, and I think we all do. Well he comes in a, he he comes the, from a he, world
1: he, where he, you hire someone like in business and you make a compensation package, and that's it. Yeah. It's take it or leave it. I got another person that can come in right after you from the Wharton Business School and do the same job. Yeah. And Gary Payton was like, hey, dude, I'm going to leap player. Yeah. Pay me, or I'm going to bounce, which he did. Yeah. Uh, and Howard Schultz was not used to dealing with professional athletes. Well, I'll
0: tell you what, if anyone can get the Sonics back here, it, it'll be Todd Liewicki and that crew. When you look at what they have done with the stadium, everybody thought traffic was going to be a problem. And when there's something happening there, yeah, traffic is an issue and a problem. But what it has really done is revitalize that lower Queen Anne area that was really suffering. It's revitalized really uh, not only the businesses around there, uh, but what is happening around the Space Needle. It's revitalized all that. It's kind of saved all that. And And now those guys voluntarily have said, hey, give us Memorial Stadium. We're going to go in and make that thing a gem again. And we're going to do some of this on our own dime because we want to give back to the city. And don't forget, Todd is the one that brought the Sounders here. Todd is the one that invented the whole 12-man flag thing. He is, and it, with Paul Allen's money, he, he's the reason why the stadium is built, why the Seahawks have done what they did. Uh, he, 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 he left the Pacific Northwest for a while to go be an owner of a hockey team with his brother, the Lightning, and then he worked in the NFL front office. So this guy knows. He knows. uh, He will know, and I'm sure he's working on it now. We're going to wake up one morning very soon and find out that Todd Liewicki and his crew have brought the Seattle Supersonics back. And whether that's bringing the Sonics back from Oklahoma City, that'd be crazy, you guys. Or whether it would be an expansion franchise, Uh, It's going to happen now, I really feel, sooner than later. And to your point, Ron, there's just too much money in this marketplace uh, for the NBA uh, not to come. And if you haven't been to Lumen, even if you don't like hockey, go online, buy some cheap tickets and go. Because even if you don't like hockey, I don't fully understand hockey, but I have to say in going, and I know that you went with Gunnar last year and, and, and I went to one or two games, it's really a fun experience. Every game is different when, in the way that they present the team. And they do a lot of the 12-man flag stuff, sounder, scarf, just kind of their own version of that. The food is amazing. I have to say the people at the venue are the nicest people in sports. when, when you yeah, walk hockey's in, a great experience. When you walk into that venue, they are the nicest. And I mean the people that are working there, that are at the doors, that are helping you, that are you know getting your, your $50 sandwich or whatever that is. And, and you don't mind paying. It when you're having such a great time. And I have to say, listening to a concert there, and I've listened to a number of them, it used to be when it was just the old key arena, if you weren't down in the bowl, the sound was horrific. And now every seat in there is a great seat. Every concert I've gone to uh, is exceptional and I know the presentation of the Seattle supersonics here if Todd is a part of it and his ownership group is a part of it it's going to be exceptional as to, well. to
1: end this segment do you give any credit to Schultz for retaining the name supersonics sure yeah yeah every and, and, every I, I, and, and I, I give him
0: I, I, and I'm not mad at it I give him credit now for saying hey I made a mistake and 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 being honest about it and and coming out and talking about Gary and saying hey that was difficult for me and also being vulnerable and saying hey I I went into a severe depression after I ran for the depres- the presidency. It was very, very hard. And now he's he's gone back to the Starbucks in the boardroom three times. Now he's walking away. And for a guy like him, he's going to want to do something. So it'll be interesting to see what he does next. We will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Ron Adon here for Les Schwab, and guess what? It's the summer se- driving season, so that probably means that you want to take your boat somewhere. Yeah, or maybe you want to take your travel trailer, your Jayco, the little pop-up, whatever it is. A lot of times when they're driving, we think of things on four wheels, but not the other thing on two, four, or eight wheels, and that could be your travel trailer or your boat trailer or your ATV trailer. Guess what? Les Schwab has you covered this summer. Yeah, we told
1: you about the free pre-trip safety check. Take your boat trailer in there. There's nothing worse than getting a flat or problem with with the boat on the back. We had a boat fly off a trailer when I was a kid. It was a disaster. So go to Les Schwab right now. Set that up. You can schedule your appointment in advance at leschwab.com or stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952.
0: Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don. Now, listen to me. I had a neighbor walk up the street and say to me the other day, hey, we're interested in having you sell our home, but it seems like this is a bad time to sell a home, and we need the money from our home to leave Queen Anne, Washington, and we're going to Mexico, and we're taking our dog that we found in Mexico, Poncho, we're taking him back home, and that's where we're going to live from now on. What's crazy is... The gentleman that owns that house used to own the house that I'm sitting in. They sold me this house, right? Anyway, I had some good news for them, and I had to tell them, hey, it's the summer months. You want to sell in the fall? The market is actually very good right now for sellers, but your home must be dialed in, and, Ron, you must do your work in this marketplace right now. And if you do... Sellers, you will be rewarded,
1: right? Yeah, and it all starts with the Ronadon sit down. No obligation. It's free of charge. It's on Zoom. It's about half an hour. Email me directly, Ron at Ronadon.com, or go to the website sitdown.com
0: Hey you guys, welcome back to the Ronadon show. Isn't this interesting when you talk about Generation Z? And this is in a magazine I read called The Hustle. It says that Generation Z. Uh, never lived without the internet, which is true. Uh, the oldest of them, they were born in 97, so four years after it became widely available. And 81% of Gen Z responded, surveyed, they say that they are somehow connected with in, an influencer, at least one online, through TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, uh, which are all the popular platforms, we know that. And then many of them, 57% percent of them say when they grow up to be given a chance that they would like to be an influencer Uh, even more than being an astronaut. Remember, we growing up, you want to be a race car driver. You want to be an astronaut. You want to be a scientist. You want to be an engineer. Maybe you want to be a professional athlete. Uh, I know my sister's wanted to be professional uh, skaters in the Olympics, right? Well, now a lot of them just want to be influencers. The reasons why? Four of them. They say, number one, it's lucrative. Uh, number two, you get free stuff. Uh, number three, it seems like you're well-liked. And number four, you don't have a boss. You're your own boss. So this is kind of interesting because cause Rachel Bell, who left Cairo Radio, is now working uh, – in fact, she was able to take her podcast with her, and then she's workly, working here locally now at Channel 9. I know for her, she went out for a while, and in fact, she's been in our studio. We're, we're on The Last Meal, right? Her, her, yeah, Your
1: Last Meal. You can just look for her feed anywhere you listen to podcasts.
0: Yeah, make sure you check it out. Your Last Meal, and she came and interviewed Ron and I here and asked us what our last meal would be. It's a really great po- podcast. Usually she interviews a lot of influencers and also people that you would know from Hollywood to find out what their last meal is. And then she studies uh, and looks back at, well, you know what? If your last meal is a steak, where did steak come from? Or if you're like me and you like cherry pie, where did cherry pie come from? Uh, So it's really fascinating. So check it out, and we're on there. And I think it'll be probably your your favorite show that you ever listen to. But nonetheless, she was saying, hey, it is really – the headwinds – Because she was doing this alone for a while without being connected to Channel 9. She said the headwinds of being an entrepreneur, doing your own business, being an influencer is really hard. And she said, I'd rather be connected with a radio station, a TV station, or some other platform out there uh, to help support. And I think maybe some of these young kids don't realize... The, the real work. You may not have a boss, but you do have a boss. And the boss is the audience that's going to give you clicks and follows. And if they don't give you clicks and follows, and there's lots of people right, there, right now that are showing up on these platforms thinking it's all free money. If you don't get those clicks and follows, then that quote unquote free money has a tendency uh, to go away. So Ron, what say you? Is it going to be a problem down the road since kids want to be influencers now and not race car drivers and astronauts?
1: I don't think it is because I think letting a kid experiment with entrepreneurship early is only a positive thing. So, but most of them are going to fail and most of them are going to understand what you just said, that it's a lot more work than they thought that it was. I think both of those things are great outcomes. The, the the thing that we do in 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 US culture that I think is a disservice is we always highlight the outlier. We always highlight the unicorn. And so all of these kids, like your son included, they know of or follow one of the unicorns that makes a million dollars a year. Or they follow Mr. Beast. It's like, oh my God, that guy's, you know, he's making $10 million a year and, and, and we celebrate all of those stories and we don't spend any time. Talking about the 99.9% of people that are not that, that are struggling to try to make it work. But, but I think those sort of instincts, if you're like, Hey, let's be, let's be an influencer because it's going to, if you're going to succeed at it, you have to set it up like a business. And I just watched this uh, long video of a guy that I follow on Instagram that was an engineer and created a YouTube channel and he finally quit his job. And he talked, he took you behind the curtain of like, okay, here's what it takes for me to replace my living as a YouTube content creator. And so he talked about um, how many hours he puts in and what each project takes and how him and his wife make the script. And he went through piece by piece and how they formulate the analytics and everything. I was like, this is a full-time job. He goes, it might look like I slapped together a video. He does one video every two weeks, but it's highly produced and really well done. Uh, and he's like, it might look like this is super fun and that um I'm just slapping together a video and it's off the cuff. He's like, it is not. I work uh, about 80 to 100 hours uh, to put this together. And it is all calculated and all scripted. And he's like, I enjoy it. He's like, it's it's interesting to me, and I am my own boss, and it has the upside of if my audience continues to grow, I make more and more and more money than I would have at my engineering job. But he's like, in no way, shape, or form is it just off the cuff and you just happen to be successful.
0: Yeah. i, I, I tell you an issue that we're really going to have, and I was at uh, Home Depot yesterday just buying some things for a house that we're bringing to market uh, here in Seattle. and. I went in to buy some nails because I was hanging some mirrors and some doorknobs and doorknockers and all that. And I was looking at the price of nails, $50, $60 for a little box of nails. I had to buy a little piece of butcher block uh, because we have an issue in the kitchen next to the refrigerator where the space doesn't make sense. And they made the space for a different size refrigerator. So for the refrigerator that we have in there now, we have to kind of build this custom countertop. That butcher block was $255. And I wanted to do something different with that space. But my client was like, no, they really wanted the butcher block. So I'm like, wow, 255 So you start thinking about the cost of building materials. On top of that, start thinking about the cost of the fact that nobody, none of these kids are growing up saying, I want to be an electrician. None of them are saying they want to ride around in a bucket truck like my 23-year-old nephew is doing right now and making a shiznit load of money. He's traveling all over the world. Uh, He just got back from Puerto Rico. He's been over to Hawaii because of what happened over there, helping to replace power. At the age of 23, he has no debt. That he has no debt whatsoever. Uh, he's about to buy his second home. He owns his own car. He does not come from a family where he was raised by a father. He's raised by my sister. There are three other kids in the family, uh, and I am so stinking proud of him that he entered the trades. His brother did the same thing. His brother is a plumber, a journeyman plumber. And he is busy all the time. And as they said back in the day, he's making money hand over fist. Think about this. We have a real issue about affordable housing. And they say what we're going to do is we're going to build our way out of it. How the hell are we going to build our way out of it when a box of nails is $50, 60 And here in Seattle, for an electrician, it's $165 an hour and a service call probably starts at about 325 to 500 call call beacon i called them the other day just to come out and they had to do some rotor rooting because we had we had a flood at one of my properties just to have them come out and they had a turbo part of the line it was tw- it, it took them two hours it cost 2500 dollars to do that so i think that is going to be an issue with so many kids wanting to be influencers with parents so focused on college and student debt nobody is talking about the fact that hey isn't it kind of stupid to go to college Get a four-year degree, let's say, in social justice. And a lot of people in the, in, the, in the past may go get a degree in that, so then they could become a police officer, an attorney, a paralegal, something like that. So then your education has to continue, which means you're paying more money and you're going deeper in debt. I, I, think, I agree with Mike Rowe on this. I think we are in a lot of trouble right now when it comes to affordable housing and it's not going to become affordable ever when we don't have young people going into the trades and when building materials are so expensive. I'll give you the final say.
1: You make a great point. I, I think that, um, again, though, if you had parental involvement and a kid tried to be an influencer failed at it, or maybe he had mild success, maybe he made a couple hundred bucks and got a taste of like, oh, wow, I created something and I made a little money with it. Then if you had someone guiding him like yourself, you would say, you know what we could do? Why don't you become a young influencer in the trades, let's say. Yeah. Uh, and, and now you're making, uh, I follow a couple channels of guys that are builders. Yeah. And so they have their building job, then they record it and have it edited. And so then they're making money Twice for yeah. the same job. Uh, so I, I just, I don't think there's a downside for a kid ever attempting to run a business yeah. because it, it gets you into the real world. You have to set up your bank accounts, all of those things, get your tax ID numbers. It just sets them up in the future to go. When I want to do something, there's nothing stopping me other than me. Yeah. And so I, I think, but left alone of like, Oh, this is going to be a gravy train and no one's helping a kid. I think that's a disaster.
0: Yeah. I would love to be. What is a gravy train? I'd love to be on a train. Is is it what? Are, what are those vessels called? A, a gravy boat. Yeah, that just pulls on gravy. A train? That, maybe I want to be in a boat, a gravy boat instead on a of a train. On a train. <laughs> I love gravy, man. Put it on your salad. My aunt Mary taught me taught me that. See you on the other side of this.
1: Hey, it's Ron here with Mitch Weeks. You hear him on the show from Mitch.loans. And Mitch, you're have a cool program out right now because interest rates are higher than they've been for quite a while, but you have a solution possibly for buyers. We do. Rates are high, but they're expected to go down, and that's why we came up with this program. It's the Rate Replace Program. So you can buy at current rates And then when rates drop within the next year or so, you actually get to replace that rate and the fees are on us. So you can refinance that loan into a new loan and we will cover the lender fees for you. So that's the rate and replace program. Replace that rate. Very cool. So that's a a really a good incentive for buyers. Uh, You can buy now with the security of knowing that Mitch at Mitch.loans will replace that rate. Check him out right now online at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans.
0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Isn't this crazy that people right now are talking about livable cities i was talking with my uh cousin the other day and she's retired doing a lot of traveling and she comes up here to seattle to see her daughter because her daughter lives here and they love to come he isn't it interesting they love to come to the pacific northwest for the sunshine and the weather and and kind of the nice beautiful mild summers And I'm like, well, the summers haven't always been that way. But this summer, I have to say, spring into the summer and and right into the fall, it has been spectacular. So I would say, and Ron and I have kidded about this before, that global warming has been great for the Pacific Northwest. In fact, my son and I were planning vacations over the summer. And every time we would plan a little short vacation or a car vacation, we would look and go, oh, well, there's the wildfires. Or, oh, it's 116 degrees down there. Or I talked to one of my friends down in New Orleans, and they're like, man, you used to come down here in the summer. You do not want to come down there in the summer. And I said, I know it's hot and humid. And they're like, no. this is," And they've lived down there forever. They said, it's different. I talked to my friends in Dallas. It's different. I talked to my friends in Phoenix. They're used to it being hot. It was different this summer. It's different in LA. It's very, very different. Different, and if it's not hot, uh, maybe there's a natural disaster on the way. Maybe there's a hurricane coming, or or maybe the wildfire smoke is is Canada just burned and burned and burned this summer. So there, there's conversations going on right now about what are the livable cities going to be in the future. And what are some of those cities going to be that we're just going to kind of give up on? And I remember after Hurricane Katrina, there was some real, there was some real straight talk about, Hey, do we want, really want to rebuild these le- levees? Do we want to rebuild a city that's actually built under sea level and will continue to flood if it's not surrounded by these levees? And even though they have these levees, all they need really is a cat three storm right up the mouth of the Mississippi. You know, blow that city apart once again. Look at what Katrina did to it, and 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 that particular hurricane actually landed in Mississippi. And New Orleans is 50 miles to the left of that, right? So think about how catastrophic it was. And it would be even more catastrophic if the one storm that they're really concerned about, if that storm comes up the mouth of the Mississippi, uh New Orleans and everything around it will just be flooded and obliterated. So, Ron, what say you? Because your your parents live in Naples and and it seems like for the past couple summers we've been on the edge of our seats a little bit as hurricane season has kind of warmed up. Uh, do you think this is much to do about nothing? Or think you do you think these are real conversations and we have to really begin to think about, hey, If we're going to rebuild our infrastructure, let's make sure we're rebuilding our infrastructure where more people are going to move to and make sure these are livable cities.
1: This is interesting to me. I think the the climate refugee movement is not far off. And if you are – I just think of the Midwest Rust Belt cities. If they position themselves correctly, I think they could be completely revitalized. So you think about – like I'm actually going on a trip with my brother, and we're going to go to Detroit – Uh, As one of our cities, and I'm to eat pizza. (laughs) And so uh, they have a very distinctive style of pizza. I'm interested to see these neighborhoods that have been bulldozed and turned back into farmland. I'm interested to see where they sold houses for a dollar, as long as you agreed uh, to renovate the house. And I'm interested to see in in a city like Chicago as well um, what they've been doing, because... The, the winters there are not as brutal as they used to be 50 years ago for the same effect that you just talked about. So if you are some of these people that fled uh, the north to go south – and now you're getting just hammered in the South, I do think there will be people, uh, maybe like the Florida Keys or something, that are, that are just out there flapping in the wind. You might go, hey, maybe we do move to Cleveland. Maybe we do move to Akron, Ohio, uh, where I can get a, a reasonable a priced house. Maybe I do move back to the suburbs of Detroit or Detroit City, uh, Chicago. Everything in the Midwest that has been shrinking, as the called the Rust Belt, and all the manufacturing jobs went away. Way, uh, maybe they can be reinvented. Uh, there are cities now that will pay uh, college graduates to, they will pay them a stipend to move to their city. Uh, and they will pay them to live there uh, for two years. And then a lot of those people say, I like it here. And they chose to—they choose to stay there again instead of moving to one of the coasts. So th- this is going to, I, I think this article uh, and the concept of, of the the climate refugee is going to be a thing of the future then we even talked about it last week with maui some people in maui just going i'm out like i can't everything was destroyed this is going to continue to happen. Um, I can't afford to be here anymore. I'm going to move to the mainland and just be a climate refugee. We got hit, um, by stuff that we never got hit with before. And so here we go. So this is going to be your, your son's lifetime is going to be a very interesting, uh, period. I think in, in human history.
0: Yeah. I keep thinking, Hey, I'm going to retire and, and, and i'm going to live in seattle part time and i'm going to live somewhere else and and all the places i'm looking to live you know <laughs> i was looking to live in maui we saw what just happened there and then i was looking maybe maybe for some high desert like phoenix is low desert no one talks about flagstaff sedona i really like that area uh, and I have to say, where we grew up in Albuquerque, New Mexico, high desert, uh, you still get all four seasons, you get lots of sunshine, and maybe maybe a city like that is going to make more sense to, to people, because it's not 114 and 115, but still, they were rolling at 104, 105. And it is a dry heat and a dry heat does make a difference to me. And I know people kid about it, but the dry heat of the high desert is very, very different it than, cools a, off than, at a, night. than a 90 degree day in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'll, I'll take the 105.
1: Oh, absolutely. High, in in any, desert, day. Any, any day. Any
0: day. Yeah. Anyway, you guys, Hey, thanks for listening to this edition of the Ron and Don show. Uh, don't forget. We have a client appreciation party going on. We have sent out our invitations if you're one of our clients and you haven't heard from us, chances are we sent you an invitation and it, your, your mailbox may have thought it was spam is what we're finding out. So we're having a big party at one of my short term rentals that I uh, built with one of my partners. In fact, my partner, Joe, and his wife, Jennifer, will be there, my partners. It's be right on the banks of the Puget Sound. Cha-Cha, who listens to this podcast, is also a great personal chef. So she's going to be our personal chef that night. We're going to have some bartenders there. Uh, kids are welcome. Uh, Ron's going to be running the slip and slide, right? Slip and slide? And, bouncy, and, and
1: I got a DJ booth
0: in the bouncy house and he's gonna be DJing from the bouncy house so it's gonna be very kids are welcome dogs have to stay home right even though we love dogs uh Charlie you're gonna even Charlie'll have to stay home uh and because the floors are so nice everybody's shoes have to come off <laughs> I've been worried about that. Like at a party like this, that 7,500 people are going to come to. Can you ask them to all take their shoes off?
1: No, you can, but I don't think it's because then
0: you just have a pile of shoes at the front yeah. door and a bunch of stinky feet. And if people are dressing up for a party like this, you kind of want to wear your shoes. Of right? course. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the right way. To so go. I think we'll allow you anyway, if you haven't heard from us, reach out to Ron and I, he's Ron at ron I'm Don at ron and And we'd love for you to come uh, to the party. So just reach out to us and let us know. Uh, that you would like your invitation. And that's coming up if you're listening to this October 7th. And we're going to roll a four to seven, four to eight, something like that. And then Ron's going to be running the after party from the Bouncy House, still DJing. So it should be a good time. Anyway, love our clients and we appreciate you in life we were planning one of these during COVID and then it's like oh I guess we can't do this so we're very very excited to have our client appreciation party and we appreciate all you guys hey if you're thinking about becoming a client uh, what, what can you do
1: yeah if you're a buyer or a seller uh, this is the world we live in now these are the interest rates we have so uh, get in the game email me Ron at Ronadon.com you can set up a sit down which is a zoom meeting uh, where we just do an introduction at ronadonsitdown.com, sit and you you should, if you're starting to think about 2024, now is the time to get prepared because you got your finances in order. We got to get uh, an entire game plan with a strategy in order, and it takes a, it takes a minute uh, to get everything lined up and ready to pull the trigger on a new home, whether you're selling or buying or investing. So reach out today, and we will uh, help get you there.
0: It's pretty crazy that it's a great time for buyers, sellers, and investors. We're going to talk about that more. And our real estate edition only uh, podcast that we do every Friday. So if you want to find out more and why it might, excuse me, be a good time for you, make sure you're listening this Friday. Let's see. That's 18, 19, 20, 21. Uh, that'll be episode 22. Six. 622, 622 episodes. That's crazy, you guys. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of The Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out. You can go to ronandonsitdown.com, make an appointment with us, and then we'll sit down virtually, and we'll see if we can help. Uh, I had someone reach out to me yesterday that we sat down with a year ago. Ron helped uh, Amy and Jason go out and buy a home. Now they're ready to add an ADU. And so they called me up, and they said, hey – uh, next time you're down in Tacoma, which I'm headed down to Tacoma next week because uh, we have a client down there, could you stop by and coach me up on my ADU? I coach up people on ADUs all the time. In fact, I was in another house that we sold in North Seattle, my electrician's daughter, Mike Keeley, and I was standing in Hannah's house, and Shree's house, and we're cooking up ideas. It's free real estate. You have a basement, and it's free real estate. And when you build out that ADU, not only can you charge money for it here in Seattle, three grand a month, uh, the the price of the house goes up exponentially because everybody is looking to build something. Why wouldn't you build something in your own backyard or in your own basement? It is free real estate. I'm so passionate about it. And if you want to talk about it, again, ronanddonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't forget, it drops every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, give us a like, hit subscribe, give us a follow. And don't forget, uh, we have some very exciting news coming up about... Uh, building out the new Ron and Don Studios. In fact, Ron is sitting over there by a pile of boxes right now, and we'll talk about more about that uh, coming up in the near future. All right, head up, shoulders back from Ron, myself, Charlie, the dog, and here comes my son. Uh, you take good care of yourself. As I said, head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network.